Hello and welcome to a new episode of Startup Mavericks from Berlin Startup School. In this podcast, we interview founders and startup coaches about different topics. And today I'm really happy to introduce one of our startups, Tobias and Martin von Kelvin Green are here. Could you please quickly introduce yourself and what you're doing? Of course. Thank you so much, Tino, for having us. We are uh, very, very excited to be here. Um, maybe first a little bit about Kelvin Green. So um, Kelvin Green helps heat grid operators to decarbonize their heat grids. Um, and th the question is really why? Why did we start it, right? Um, the, the issue is that over 80% of heat grids are still uh, based on fossil fuels. And that's something that really shocked us when we started Kelvin Green and is one of the key drivers. So what we do is we help these heat grid operators along three steps, basically with digital transformation plan so through our software you can add answer a couple of questions and then it basically generates a report a, a, a plan on how to decarbonize your heat grid the second then is to go to the implementation planning um, and the third is the intelligent heat grid steering because the heat grids of the future are going to be much more complex than the ones that we have at the moment and uh, you also asked to introduce ourselves <laughs> yeah, right well, this was already <laughs> perfect <laughs> okay we started with that so uh, we are Martin and Tobias and I'm, I'm Tobias, uh, one of the founders of Calvin Green. Um, from my background is uh, international business, so I studied I studied business in uh, university, both bachelor's and master's. My professional career, I started at uh, KPMG as a strategy consultant. I then uh, moved to Denev, uh, and a company initiative that Martin founded a couple of years ago, 12 years ago, I think. Um, and basically, my task at Denev was to uh, come up with uh, new business models uh, based on all the innovation projects that Denev does. And one of these, uh, the, the results of this is, uh, is Kevin Green as a company that we founded together. Martin, is there anything <laughs> that you can add to this? Uh, it was already very exhaustive. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, yes, well, first of all, also thanks from my side for having us. So uh, it's a great pleasure. And Martin, uh, one of the two or let's say three uh, founders uh, already. So we have a CTO right now as well. And um, yeah, I have a background in communication and marketing. I worked with McKinsey for a while and then founded DNF as a nonprofit organization 12 years ago. And um, with a focus on policy making and um, you know all the the frame conditions for uh, uh, climate protection and green tech uh, businesses, and I think now we are in a situation where um, yeah, climate protection really becomes you know starting through and becomes uh, also a, a business. So it's uh, yeah, that was the point where I decided also so that it's a good point of time to to uh, yeah tackle a new challenge. So, and how did you come up with this specific idea? Was there a moment in which you were like, oh, this is missing, or was it an observation over some time? Um, I think a, a mixture of everything. Mm -hmm. I think we had a continuous discussion, Tobias and I, on um, what's the most urgent thing to do right now. And then we quickly realized that um, particularly the heat sector has to be decarbonized, mm -hmm. which uh, there was little progress in the, in the recent years. And within the heat sector, we then saw that heat grids and district heating is a, a very interesting topic because um, it's uh, still, as uh, Tobias mentioned, mostly fossil still. Mm -hmm. um, 
um, and at the same time we need district heating, particularly in cities and urban areas, to have only a little chance basically to decarbonize the whole heat sector at all. So we started focusing on that. Um, and then you know it became more and more clear what we're going to do and how we can help because digital without digitalization and automation um, we won't make it within that time uh, to to come to a CO2 neutral uh, heat in that sector yeah and i guess of course it's a quite big topic especially nowadays so how did you choose to work with each other was it like uh, more or less match made in heaven because you worked already together at DNF, the, where the, the company that you, or the institution you founded before, or how come? And do you still believe that it just comes with blessing or are there also lessons when you know each other so well? What can you recommend our listeners? Um, I, I think, that, well, first of all, I think it's still a blessing. Uh, I think that we know each other so well, is especially when building a startup, which is such a huge challenge with, with so many ups and downs. Just last week was like a roller coaster <laughs> from like being, being super sad, questioning everything to being very, very excited. Um, and I think in these situations, it really helps when you know each other, when you know how you react in situations and also when you when you know how, how you can support and what that other person needs, um, how, how we... How How it came that we actually started working on this was first, of course, in, in Martin's role as, as the founder of Denev and my role as entrepreneur in residence to basically come up with the startup. But then I still remember one, I think it was one afternoon where I received a call from Martin. I was like, hey, we, we just talked over the phone, so there was nothing really that we had to discuss. And he's like, would you be interested in actually like starting Calvin Green together with me mm -hmm. and I was like oh wow the, the, the almost almost <laughs> the famous founder of, of DNF now wants to start a company with me and I was immediately super excited because I really enjoy working with Martin and I also yeah. think we both have a business background but we complement each other very well in the way we think in the way we, where we also business is a very wide field where we focus in that in that area so mostly a blessing <laughs> So you chose him because he did the good work before him, most probably? <laughs> no, we I think we chose each other, so it's like... Uh, More romantic uh, than uh, And... <laughs> and um, Yeah, but I think it's, yeah, it's as, as, as Tobias mentioned, so we worked together and we figured out that it, you know, it's a very good match and we realized that we you know, can achieve good things together mm -hmm. um, and leverage each, leverage each other and um, so that was, an, uh, and we like each other. I think this is also, you, you're asking for what's, what's important for, for your listeners. I think um, uh, the first thing is that you have It's very good if you have a good feeling with each other, yeah. if you tr can trust each other. I think that's a really the foundation. Um, and if you have the chance to work together in advance, I think that's very helpful. Um, and then, uh, as well, the complementary. Uh, so you, you need a, a sense of that you are in the same mindset, but have complementary skills. And yeah. I think that's very important. And um, so we had a very good match, I think. <laughs> We will see over the next few months how your startup will progress. No, but I believe so too. For the seventh year. <laughs> exactly. The, the very famous seventh year. So uh, coming back to your solution, um, who is buying your solution and, and how does it look like specifically what he, she, I think we're talking about a special, special institution, right, would then get? Mm -hmm. Um, so maybe uh, I, I can start with that because, um, uh, yeah, well, our 
target audience, like the typical customer of what we do is um, the technical leader or the managing director of a municipality or another heat grid district heating operator because they are now in the situation that they have to transform their heat grids and maybe they also want to build new green heat grids, mm -hmm. so both of it. Um, and so they get in touch with us or we get in touch with them and because they have you know, it's it's a complex thing. It's not not done like this. Um, so um, they want to know. They need information. They want to know. You know, how is there a funding scheme or a subsidy for doing that? And how to can we get that? And how to do this also with limited resources? Um, how can they do that also with um, the coming from a completely you know different technical situation? And they have to really transform. You know, over the next years a lot. And uh, so they, um, we'd like to support them uh, on their journey um, to a neutral um, grid. Um, and what they get is, uh, in the first stage, they get, of course, advice, um, yeah. because I think we have seen a lot already. Um, we know a lot about the regulatory framework, about the subsidy schemes and the funding schemes they can get. Um, and also we have a very good network to specialists, to um, heat engineers, etc., etc. So we can help them with um, advice in the first step. Yeah. And the second step is that we believe that if they want to do this very big transformation, it makes and they, they, in the beginning, they need to gather a lot of data for that, uh, and then they generate a lot of data out of that. And for us, it's crystal clear that they need a software for doing that, instead of using hundred different Excel stuff. And you know, and they, they do that, and then maybe they get a result out of that. But uh, some weeks later, they have to redo that because plans will change and transformation is dynamic, and then they can start from the beginning and that it's not um, that's not very efficient and that costs time and so on and we don't have time so uh, the software we provide uh, saves them money saves them time which is very important and uh, saves them also chaos and so i think that's what we can offer them we have a special section in our podcast Maybe you already know it by now, which is either or. I will ask you or I'll give you two options, right? Uh, on the one hand, I will do this with you, Martin, and then another one with you, Tobias. So please, uh, sharp answers, right? Or choose one, and then afterwards we will discuss it. Let's go. Number one, family or business, Martin? Uh, family business. <laughs> Number two, to be a software as a service or manual solution? Software as a service. Number three, B2B or B2C, Martin? B2B. Coal mining or wind energy, Tobias? Of course, wind energy. And last but not least, number five, Martin, radical change or slow change? Um, radical but sustainable change. All right, interesting. Was there something where you disagreed? 
No, I think in general we yeah. were pretty much, aligned, uh, pretty much aligned. I think the key the key was that Martin said family business, and I think that that fits very very well because mm-hmm. like when you start a startup and we both have families, right? Yeah. It it basically starts to intertwine, and you really have to make time for both of them yeah. because you have responsibility to both of them. And I think uh, family business was a very smart answer. So how do you manage your family business? Uh, I have very uh, so whenever I'm with family, I'm 100% focused on family, and whenever whenever I'm business, I'm 100% focused on business. What I usually do is I have a I have a small son at home, um, and he tends to wake up at six in the morning. So we always have one and a half hours together, playtime mm-hmm. in the morning. Then I get ready for work, and then I'm 100% at work, and then I try to be home for dinner so that I see him before he he goes to bed. Same for me. I get up <laughs> and then I playtime. Yeah. No, just kidding. <laughs> No, for me it's a little bit different <laughs> like my daughter wakes up like at eight or nine if she doesn't go to school and so i have between six and nine to work <laughs> yes but it's uh yeah it's a challenge actually of course but um i i see my daughter every second week um so and then i of course reserve some time uh but she's 10 years old so she's already quite autonomous and so um but i still reserve the time where I can spend or the quality time I can spend with her. And uh, Martin, you chose B2B. You are yourself with your startup in the B2B sector. Was this the reason you chose it or is there a general preference to build companies that are B2B focused? Um, I I mean, of course, every customer deserves to be served, but um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I think from the background at DNF as well, we already had um, a lot of contacts with, um, of course, with companies because it's a Uh, as well like a business network you know membership organization for businesses that uh, have um, solutions in the field of climate protection and energy efficiency Um, so that was you know was kind of naturally going into that and um, actually I also like um, our our customer or potential customers Mm -hmm. a lot what they do because municipalities say they are um, I mean sometimes quite small but they do a lot of things in their community and they often you know they start from broadband to heat to electricity Mm -hmm. to uh, swimming pools public swimming pools etc so they have a lot of you know stuff to do mm. um, and um, so I, I really think that's quite impressive with their small size what they deliver at the end to their community at the end of the day um, and um, so um, and very often they're then also quite pragmatic even more pragmatic pragmatic than it might look like in the yeah, first view really because they are public uh, <laughs> public or publicly owned companies very often um, but I like that a lot and um, yeah and uh, so I think it's it's a very interesting um, customer group there is a saying that there is more money in B2B than B2C, um, at least when it comes to like single customers, right? Compared to that, you can get way more out of one B2B customer than you usually get out, can get out of one B2C. So we're talking business to business or business to customer here, um, businesses. Um, but Tobias, I'm curious, um, what is your opinion about this specific target group? We're t- talking about municipalities, right? It's isn't it quite hard to get money from them or the whole process? Isn't this super bureaucratic? 
Uh, I'm not sure about too bureaucratic, to be honest. Uh, I think it's hard to get money from anyone. Yeah, sometimes depends on the product, of course. No, but but of course you're right. Um, it's a it's it's usually these traditional companies that have um, municipal organizations. Typically, the 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 city has has a share in those companies, or or sometimes at least, and that of course makes it more bureaucratic in the sense that they have to write public tenders if it mm -hmm. if it's above a certain amount. Um, but um, Yes, this, there is additional bureaucracy, but for me that's also a little bit more fun because it's easier to to plan than in that in that way. You no, know? because when you do a tender, you know exactly what they're asking for, and then it's easier for us to identify people that actually have the problem. Because I think that's what sales is in the end about. It's not about selling our product; it's about selling a solution to the problem that we have. And I think that's mostly what we do each day at the moment is to identify people that or companies that actually have that problem that we can solve. It's true, but again here I would say, um, it, or I believe that it's quite hard to approach them, no? Can you just call or do you find the phone number quite easily? Um, <laughs> or maybe from... That's of course a big secret of ours. <laughs> but, but I can say uh, from our uh, daily work that uh, currently um, it's not so difficult um, to... Um, get in touch with them because mm -hmm. they really have an urgency mm -hmm. and they have a problem and okay. they look for people that solve it. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, uh, the capacity in the market of, for example, engineers that do that kind of transformation plans is very limited. Um, so um, they, they, they looking for, you know, increasing productivity in their uh, transformation plan. Um, and just to give an example, we just, um, I mean, beside that we approach them and then we, we get recommendations and introductions, etc. Et so uh, we have LinkedIn, etc. Um, but then we just um, launched a, or we, we, we organized a webinar uh, this week for municipalities and heat providers. And we have uh, more than 200 um, attendees or, or um, um, yeah, Register. subscriptions yeah. registers for this webinar already. And I think that shows a lot, you know, that there is really, um, yeah, demand for, for that solution. Would you um, then also say that you need to know your target group so well that, for example, something like a webinar will help them, yeah, or will on the one hand help them to understand the problem and on the other hand, hand will help you to sell. So was this something that you identified really target group specific to organize a webinar? Um, again, sorry, like the, 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 what, what, the last uh, specific question? That you were focusing, that you were organizing a webinar specifically because this will help the target group too. So it's yeah. interesting for them to go there in terms of your own sales process. Um, yes, of course. I mean, what the, the content of the webinar is um, to that, uh, of course, we don't do it alone. We have uh, guest speakers there, mm -hmm. and for example, from the ministry, and they tell you know what what is the plan of the government right now. Uh, and we uh, give, of course, we we don't. For us, it's not a sales show. For us, it's getting to know customers. Okay. For us, is 
getting to know their problems and questions as well and also um, deliver a, a, a rapid, quick uh, value add for them so that they know what to do, what are the next steps, what, what do they have to consider. Um, and uh, we strongly, strongly believe that um, you know after that, of course, they will evolve something out of that. So, but it's not, for us, it's not a sales show. It's just really helping them. You know, what 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 do they have to know, and what what is important for them right now, giving them internet information. Uh, and uh, how did you advertise it? So was there something, again, target group specific to BS where you said, okay, this is how we can catch the attendees? Is it LinkedIn, in this case social media? Is it we'll send them all an email, but it will be still your secret where you get those emails from? But So how do you approach them or invite them? I guess this is the start of the funnel, right? So what is your strategy there? Um, I think we can share that, right? That uh, we, uh, of course, we used the normal channels like social media and so on. But what we specifically did, we sent 1,400 letters uh, to each of the managing directors. Real letters uh, to all of the managing directors and technical leads of all municipal utilities in Germany. Very beautiful letters in a very bright and yellow envelope. And uh, I think that was a huge success in, in people signing up, but also people getting to know the Kevin Green brand and also mm. people uh, approaching us in advance and saying, hey, could you share more about what you're doing and I need help from that. Mm. So I think it was successful. Yeah. And a lot of fun of uh, folding 1,000 yeah. we, 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 did, we did it together <laughs> with, yeah. some, uh, with some friends. So, yeah. so on a weekend. <laughs> But I guess this is really interesting. So again, here, target group specific. Uh, isn't this also the target group that is still used to an analog way of receiving these kind of things? Was this the, the thinking behind it, why you chose letter, not email? Um, I would say um, it's, I, 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 of course, uh, the entire target group, they use emails and they also use social media, etc. But I think that a letter is producing more trust in that mm. that's you know something real because you can touch it and you have it in your hand and if you're just the new kid in town sometimes you know people don't know who you are and what you're doing and i think then a letter is something more substantial and it's not just you know going to the spam folders as easy uh, <laughs> as an email and that was a little bit the the background for that Yeah, and I guess I guess it's the same for you, Tino, right? You get a lot of a lot of emails each day, and how many yeah. times do you just click no? I don't want to go to this info, uh, this webinar or whatever. And how often do you actually get a letter that is in a beautiful yellow envelope, and then you open it, you're like, oh, this sounds interesting. Maybe I should uh, should go there. I want to be surprised, as I have to admit, there are really interesting ways how to surprise me. I just recently got a letter that said something, yeah, please turn it around. <laughs> and then it said, yeah, uh, so we have analyzed your, it was about my LinkedIn profile here, we can get you more leads. But this was interesting at least. Huh? Yeah. So uh, it's also about finding new ways and standing out from yeah, the crowd. It's just being yeah. different. Thank you so much, Tobias and Martin, for being with us, sharing insights about this really specific target group, how to go there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.